time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to a special edition of the Get Home Safe podcast. Typically when I have an interview with a guest, a long form conversation, it is a Friday. I'm not positive as to when this episode will air. I got some thinking and some juggling to do with the schedule, but either way, I'm very excited about this edition of the podcast. It is a long form conversation with someone that is very, very special to the Real Hondo Prep football program. You guys know the past few months I've been dedicated to talking Real Hondo Prep football. We've done a great uh, recap show on Mondays. We've talked to players and coaches alike, uh, but today we're going to be joined by somebody that is uh, is a big part of the program, kind of someone who uh, didn't know much about Real Hondo Prep football until a very short time ago. He actually came from another country. Uh, I'm going to be joined today by Mr. Armand Abakarov, and if I messed up his name, he'll fix he'll fix it for sure. Uh, uh, Coach Armand, as he's known at Real Hondo Prep, is a pastor from Kazakhstan, someone who has been interning with the Real Hondo Prep coaching staff the past few months on the team. He's recently uh, left the team to go uh, back to his his uh, his work life and uh, other things uh, back to D.C. And then I'm sure somewhere else uh, after that back home, probably. But uh, he's been around the Real Hondo Prep program the past few months. And I want to get his perspective on his experience, what it's been like, uh, what it has meant for him to be a part of this a great tradition and how it all came about. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are curious, wait a minute, how did a, a pastor from Kazakhstan end up on the real Hondo prep sideline? So uh, we'll go into all that. And uh, a few things uh, that were said about coach Armand from uh, coach Mark Carson were that players loved him. Uh, Armand loved working out in the weight room with guys. Um, he also does some physical training on the side. Again, we'll get to all this with coach Armand, but um, you know, he did things like he'd do a pre practice devotion with the players and things. Uh, and so I, I really want, I'm really, really excited about this interview that I'm going to do here. Even if this wasn't affiliated with Real Hondo Prep, it would be an absolute pleasure uh, and uh, a privilege to, to talk with this, this great man. So I will step aside and we will bring on Coach Armand here for a special edition of the Get Home Safe podcast. Okay, I'm now joined by Coach Armand from the Real Hondo Prep staff. He's now uh, across the country, away from the team. I don't want to mess up your last name, Coach Armand. So please uh, tell us uh, tell us how to pronounce your last name so I don't butcher it. And welcome to the show, by the way. Uh, thank you for having me. Full name is Armand Abakirov. Abakirov. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, double A. Double A initials. I love it. Uh, Coach Armand, uh, I'm sure you are uh, kind of missing the, the Real Hondo prep team here. You've been away from them for, I don't know, a week or so. I did see you get a little Gatorade bath, uh, you know, the cooler dumped on you at, was it Brentwood, I think, last week. So the kids definitely, I'm sure, are missing you and you're missing them. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, I do miss them. They will be in my heart forever. Um, it was a special time, but it's time to go back to Kazakhstan. My team there misses me. I have my church misses me. So there's a ton of ministry needs to be done. So I'm excited, very excited to you know, be going back to Kazakhstan and continuing with my life and ministry there. 
Oh man. Well, God bless you, uh, Armand. Um, you know, I, I followed the Rondo prep football team all season. I've talked about them on the podcast. I, I graduated there 18 years ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I've always felt real Hondo prep is a, it's a special place, especially the football program. And we're going to talk a lot about that and your experiences and everything, but just off, off the bat, I mean, what have the past few weeks been like for you, uh, being a part of the real Hondo prep coaching staff? Well, so I came in August, beginning of August, and nobody knew me. This was the first time I met everybody. And then, so now I left a week ago, but the last two, three weeks were the most special time. So I felt very sad to leave at this particular moment because now I've gotten to a point where the students could really trust me. They knew that I love them deeply, that I care for their hearts, their souls. I want them to know Christ more. Uh, and so they, they were... Uh, trusting me more with deeper things that they're concerned that they're wrestling with and so that, that was the sad part that you know, I've just got to the point where we can have these good conversations with the with the guys with the students with the coaches and you know and that's now it's time for me to uh, go back to Kazakhstan so the last few weeks were very special very mm. precious well everyone who has spoken of you has spoken very highly and just said what a blessing you have been uh, to the football program. And, and, you know, we'll get into all of that, but first a little bit about you. You're a pastor in Kazakhstan and you're also a Christian uh, publisher. So uh, ha have you written a, a lot of books, maybe, but what are some titles of, of some books you you've been a part of? Uh, so we primarily, we are based in Russia, although I live in Kazakhstan, but our company is based in Russia. We've done a ton of titles. Um, the current one that I'm working on right now is by John Piper called the book Providence, but we've done a ton of commentaries by John MacArthur. We've done a bunch of books by a ministry called Nine Marks, uh, Mark Dever. We've done a ton of books by Puritans, so maybe about 20 books uh, by Puritans. And we are also publishing local authors, some Russian authors. Um, so yeah, overall, we've probably published, I don't know, 50 books or so over the years. Wow. Wow. Very, very active indeed. And, you know, uh, I mentioned uh, you were a pastor in Kazakhstan. And, you know, for those that don't know, I, I'm still a little you know, naive to all this as well. But, you know, to my knowledge, Kazakhstan is a very um, Muslim country. I mean, were you always uh, a Christian or was there kind of a, a, a conversion at some point? Talk to me about that. Well, brother, everybody has to have a conversion. That's the only way we, we can come to know Christ. We have to come from dead, from being dead in sin to coming to know Jesus. But most of my life, I was a nominal Muslim. So I grew up in a nominally Muslim home in Kazakhstan. The first Christian I've ever met was in my college. I met him in the gym. He was an American missionary. So for the first time, I met a real Christian. That was 2006. And then, so through friendship with him, and then he introduced me to some local Christians into a local house church in Kazakhstan. So through their ministry, through studying God's word, uh, through their prayers, through their love to me. After about a year and a half, I came to know the Lord. Uh, it was 2007. I was in my junior year of college. Wow. See, see, guys, uh, for those of us that struggle in getting to the gym at times, we don't want to go that day. Y you need to go because you never know. Your life might change that day that you ended up going. Uh, and this missionary, did he just come up to you and start talking to you? Or was there, what happened? <laughs> So I was a very, I just started working out. So I was a little skinny guy and I saw this huge dude, white dude in the gym. So I actually came to him and I, and I heard him speak English. So I asked him, are you American? He said, yes, I'm an American. I said, well, 
do you have any friends? Would you like to be my friend? And he said, yes, yes, I'd, like, I'd love to be your friend because I just came to Kazakhstan. And I don't know anybody. So that's how we, we became friends. Oh, man, that's, that's outstanding. So you went from, uh, you know, growing up uh, nominal Muslim to this experience. And then did, did it happen immediately or was it kind of over, over time of you kind of uh, hearing the gospel and hearing, um, you know, maybe some lessons from, from him and other people that you, you decided to, uh, as you said, you know, we all need that conversion in our life, but to uh, follow, follow right. Christianity. Uh, it took about a year and a half. So by the time, by the time I was saved, I've already finished reading the entire New Testament, maybe half of the Old Testament. I was well read about early Christianity because that was a subject of interest to me. I was a historian and I'm still a historian. I love history. So through reading history through, uh, of early Christianity, but also reading a ton of scripture and then discussing it, God was using all that to bring light into my life and to convict me uh, of my sin. Uh, but then it was also the witness of my small house church and their love to me. Um, so all that led, uh, led to my conversion. So I, I got to ask, um, you know, I mentioned kind of the, the, the country, the, I mean, I don't, we don't know much about the Kazakhstan necessarily, but was there kind of pushback as far as Christians being there when so, there's such a majority of the country is Muslim? Did you receive, I don't know, was it, was it hard for you to, um, you know, switch religions in, in a country that's so kind of dominated by, um, you know, Muslim, uh, being Muslim, I guess? Well, in some ways, in many ways, becoming a Christian, becoming a follower of Christ and then being baptized, it involves a maybe a bigger cost uh, to a person from a Muslim background than maybe to a person here in the United States or some other country where, there, where there's still uh, quite a few Christians. So I definitely, you know, when I was considering Christ, I definitely understood clearly that following him involves a cost. So it was not an emotional thing for me. I knew, well, clear, Jesus clearly talks about the cost of following him. And so about carrying your own cross. So it definitely is uh, for some people more than me. You know, I, I don't think I've had to pay that big of a price uh, of following Christ. But for many of my friends, uh, they, they had big, big, uh, problems with their families or sometimes even, even their families didn't want to have anything to do with them anymore uh, so with me it was a little bit easier um mm. but definitely the more the structure the more conservative uh, family is the harder it is especially for girls in kazakhstan it is more difficult from uh, their relationships with their families because they're more dependent on their parents uh usually so it's a bit more difficult uh, at times wow Wow. Yeah. That's uh, powerful stuff. And you said, you said Armand, there was, it took about a year and a half for you. Uh, but was, what was the, what was the most significant moment for you that said, yes, I, I, you know, I believe in Christ. I am, I am, I'm going to be a Christian. Was there one specific moment, maybe towards the end of that year and a half where you said, okay, this is it for me. I'm all in. Well, you know, when I, once I finished reading the old Testament I, or new Testament, I thought Jesus was a good moral teacher. You know, I thought, well, it's very good teaching, you know, a little bit outdated. Uh, but I wasn't sure if it, he was son of God or a savior. But it was, it was by reading the early Christian uh, uh, history of early Christianity and thinking, why would all these people be willing to die mm. for the sake of Christ and saying that he, was, he is the son of God if it was not true? So then I thought, well, if it is true, I'm in big trouble. 
because I definitely live in sin. I'm not good with God. I am a rebel. And so like having having this way on me for a while, man, I'm under wrath of God. And I've just I've, I've always thought of myself as a good person, even not perfect, but a good person. Uh, and then realizing, well, the Bible says that I'm in big trouble. I'll have to face this holy God and I have no nothing to say, nothing to prove myself uh, before his eye, before his court. So that was a very sobering time. And then it took still another maybe half a year to wrestle with this. I thought, man, but I still love sin, uh, at least parts of sin. And am I willing to pay the cost of following Christ? So it was only by God's grace. I was never planning to become a Christian. Only by God's grace, he converted me from death to life. Mm, Man. Amen to that. Uh, you know, it's, it is interesting because, um, you know, I, I, I'm a believer. I, I, I feel you mentioned something there that we kind of love sin. And, uh, I think a lot of us do, I know I fall short daily and I'm just like, man, why did I do that? Or why did, you know, uh, we can always be better, but we do have to depend on, on him and, and keep that faith that, Hey, we know we, you have to look at yourself and be like, I am imperfect. I am imperfect, uh, and, and to try to get better each and every day. And so I don't know how some people who maybe don't have faith, how they go about their daily lives, but for me kind of feeling that, um, somewhat a pressure, somewhat that, like that push, like, Hey, this isn't right. Or, Hey, that's, you know, Hey, that's wrong. Um, to me, that's what really helps me get through this crazy life that we live. So, um, thank you for sharing, uh, that, uh, Indeed. Did you know you wanted to get into the ministry to become a pastor right away? Well, right away, one thing I knew is that I love I love God's word. I remember the first night I thought I became a Christian. I, the, I, the very first thing I wanted to do is dive into the word of God. And before that, as I said, I've read most of it, but it was mostly boring. Uh, I just wanted to see what it says. But that time I said, man, this is the word of life. I love God's word. I want to know more of it. Um, but no, I didn't think I'll, I'll, I'll be in the, in the ministry. Uh, I started doing business, so I've been in business for quite a while. But I was a, a lay pastor of my church for six, maybe seven years. So I know I, so I, I love church. I love God's word. I just didn't know how it would be the ways God would choose to use me. So he chose to use me at, in the marketplace for a very long time. Yeah, he, he uh, leads our paths in a very mysterious ways sometimes and, uh, you know, very diverse in, in uh, the many paths we go on. Uh, I want to ask uh, just scripture based since you seem to you fall in love with the word of God, the word of life, as you said, uh, what, what was a What's a favorite verse of yours or something you kind of carry with you? Uh, I'm sure there's a ton of them, a ton of great verses you, you love. But is there one specific that kind of sticks out to you that you carry in your heart daily? Oh. Uh... Well, there's a book that I memorized in Russian. It's, it's, it's the letter of First Peter. So that one I know. Um, I, I, I've learned it. I've uh, memorized the whole uh, letter. So definitely First Peter is something special. Mm. As if one passage, something that I go back to very often throughout life is Romans 8. And especially verses 28 through 30, yeah. where Paul t- tells that for we know that, that God uh, what's I, I, no, I read by my Bible in Russian, but I think in English it says, we know that, that God um, works out all things for the good of those uh, whom he predestined and who love him. Um, and then it, it talks about the order of salvation, that because 
he has predestined us to be in the image of his son so he will work out all things for our good for our mm. eternal good for our sanctification so you know we have so many bad things happen to us but then we we trust in god's providence so every time something bad happens to me and that happens pretty often you think but the lord means it for my good mm. i might not see it at this moment but definitely in his wise plan this is something good for me even if it's painful right now so definitely this special special yeah romans special. Romans 8, 28 is a really, really powerful verse uh, in the whole, like you said, the whole chapter. Um, uh, I want to ask, you said you read, so your Bible, you read, so you speak three languages. Um, what, what are the, the three languages? Four. Four? Oh, excuse so, me. <laughs> so I, my, my, my main, my first language is Russian, uh, then English, then Kazakh, and I also speak Spanish to some degree. So hablo español un poquitico, no mucho, pero... <laughs> Uh, wow wow so your bible though is is in you when you read your bible it's in russian yeah wow wow man that is uh i've seen when when you came to coach the real hondo team or be a part of the staff there uh i i could see you just being fitting right in with these guys uh, the coaches were like oh yeah a, a well-versed guy from kazakhstan absolutely uh so Ar arman tell me now i heard this about so you played football in Kazakhstan and uh tell me about that experience because I, I mean when I think of Kazakhstan I don't think of uh, football American football by that I mean so how did that all come about well you, you're thinking very correctly <laughs> uh almost nobody knows what American football is unless they've seen some movies about American football I was not planning to, on playing American football I I don't think I've ever watched a game of American football before I started playing. But what happened right before COVID, so February of 2020, I was preaching at my church through First Peter, and uh, a guy came, a new guy came to our church. So after service, I introduced myself and said, well, what, how did you find out about church? And he said that a mutual friend of ours told him that there is a preacher at this church uh, who is a good athlete. And this guy happened to be a coach. He's a local guy, a Kazakh guy who happened to love American football. So he was, he started a new team in town and he was looking for uh, people to play for him. So he said, would you please consider playing for me? And I said, I'm not sure I'll play for you, but I'll come to one practice. So I came to my first practice and man, I got, we, he loved Oklahoma drill. So we had <laughs> Oklahoma, my first practice. And this little angry dude that played for him, he blew me out. He just headbutted me. Like, oh my goodness, it hurts so bad. But you cannot show this. So I stood up. No, it was nothing. Uh, it was this is easy. But man, I was like, my ribs. I hope my ribs are okay. So the, I didn't really enjoy the first practice. But you know, there was maybe about fifteen guys or so. But I thought, man, these men are all perishing. There's nobody to tell them about Jesus. And in God's providence. This coach came and he hunted me down and invited me to be a part of this. And the very first practice, when they heard that I'm a preacher, they said, we will call you Padre. Uh, because they thought it was funny, for like in a movie, Padre. So I said, oh, sure, that's fine. Um, and I decided I'm going to stick with these guys and see what the Lord does. So by God's grace, now they all consider me as their spiritual leader. Uh, they've all heard the gospel and about half of them have been to our church. Uh, but unfortunately, not, none of them has uh, come to know the Lord. So this is how I got into playing football. But after 
what about almost two years of playing? I'm already 34. Uh, I thought if in order to make it a, a, a very long-term ministry, I need to start coaching. But I do not know much about football, so I better, you know, I better become a better coach. So, so how, what, what, that you, well, how many teams were playing in this in this league? You played for a couple of years. How many teams? Uh, seven teams. We have seven, seven teams. In, yeah. And these are all adult league and just uh, it's a football league. That's that's crazy, man. So what what positions did you play, Armand? So my coach started me as a cornerback. I loved being a cornerback. Um, and then and on the special teams as well. So I played on, on all special teams. And and then he uh, he promoted me, I guess, to being a safety because once I understood the the, the layout of the game, uh, he, so I started playing safety. So that's my main position, safety. But I also played running back, receiver, uh, all special teams. Um, wow! So, so it, a lot of play time. Yeah, oh yeah, both ways, all the way. So what what was the league called? Did it have an official title? Uh, say it again. What was uh, the? League? No, no, j- just it. Maybe I think it does. Uh, like Kazakhstan American Football League, I think that's what they called it. Nice, very cool. I'll have yeah. to check that out, man. Sign it somewhere. That is so cool. Like again, I love football. I love the game. I love. I wish more people played it around the world. And uh, that is fascinating that in Kazakhstan, of all places, uh, American tackle football is being played. So, uh, you said you wanted to learn to coach because you figured you're getting older, and that would be a way to kind of bring people to Christ and, 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 uh, for your ministry to really take off. So what exactly research did you do, uh, to pursue this coaching adventure? So the very first thing I started doing is I started praying and so started my church, my church. So my church and I have been praying for about, I would say about half a year. And then in March earlier this year, in March, I went to the shepherd's conference. I went to the U S to LA, um, Shepherd's Conference that happens at John MacArthur's church, Grace Community. And there, I've been just asking people, do you know anybody who is who knows anything about football? And by the word of mouth, I got to know one of the security guards there. And then we were talking, he played college ball. So we were talking about football. And then he said, well, what we, you really need to meet, we really need to meet is Rocky Seto, who is here at the conference. He's a senior pastor of a church. Uh, local church here so we started browsing around and looking for rocky and then we found him and i shared my heart my vision um with pastor rocky and who happened to have coached in the past for over 20 years with uh seahawks and uh, before that uh, usc and uh he invited me to his house to learn more so i spent the weekend at his house his church and then he said well let's pray and we'll see uh, how i can help you well, Rocky Sato is a phenomenal uh, human being. I've heard him speak before. Um, he has, uh, you know, he coached uh, during the the great days, glory days of USC, and then uh, followed Pete Carroll up and worked with him at, at the Seattle Seahawks, as you mentioned. But uh, above his football IQ, I mean, he is just a, a truly godly man and somebody Amen. that loves uh, being an example to others, loves being uh, in the ministry. And just uh, so you could not have been, connected to a a better fit for what you were looking for yes so was your initial thoughts with rocky or was it his idea or yours that hey let's let's hook you up with a team here so that you can just kind of be an intern and see what they see how they uh, operate on a daily basis and what were some some of his kind of ideas work with a college or something 
I'll get right to your question, but I just remember oh, how yeah. I met Rocky. So we were browsing around the, the conference looking for Rocky, and then I, I saw him, and I knew that I know this man from YouTube because I watched his videos where he explains about safe tackling technique. So in Kazakhstan, forget right. about safe tackling. We use our heads a lot. Oh. Uh, so I remembered his videos. I mean, obviously, nobody in Kazakhstan uh, does that, but... No, I just recognized him because he was the only the only Asian person on the YouTube that I saw who, who was teaching football. That's right. So that was that was how I recognized him. But so Rocky asked me. So he said he knows obviously knows all the coaches in the area, uh, or all the coaches know Rocky. And so Rocky said, "Well, would you like to go to a junior college or high school? Uh, what's your preference?" And I said, "I would rather be at a small high school because my team is so small. I would rather learn from someone who has limited." not just limited resources limited manpower how do they manage to develop uh the program and then he said well i think the per the most perfect fit for you would be ria hondo prep uh so i i i, I checked out their website and i thought i think so too yeah that's that is great you had all you, these options rocky could have probably put you anywhere uh mount sack who's an incredible junior college in the area uh, one of the best in the state and the and the country really in their football program uh, maybe had you, I don't know, uh, shadow and even an NFL team or something, but he found you a home at Rio Hondo prep. Thank you to Rocky Sato, who, who is again, spoken at Kerry's league in Rio a few times and uh, affiliated uh, there. And so that's how uh, he, he was knowledgeable of Rio Hondo prep. And so you looked at the website and how did it all go down? Did he introduce you to coach Mark Carson or kind of what was the first, uh, the, the first interaction with Rio Hondo prep? I think that, well, I'm sure that Rocky probably, uh, you know, he has talked to Mark and, and asked him to do, to do him a favor and consider me. And then he introduced us via email. And then I followed up with an email and said, brother Mark, please take me. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot contribute much because I know so little of football, but I'm not sure what exactly I said, but probably something like, but your investment would, would contribute to the spread of the gospel in Kazakhstan. So oh. please consider me. And I, I hope that, uh, you know, I'll end up meeting you in person. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's a great sale sales pitch there, uh, Armand and be like, Hey, you want to help contribute to uh, spreading the gospel in, in another country? I'm your guy. I'm your guy. Just, just let me tag along and, and learn a few things about football. So what did coach Carson say to you? And uh, when did you eventually meet him in person? Well, we, we hit, hit uh, we hit a, very well right off uh, the ground uh, I could see that coach Carson didn't really need any any much persuasion so he he trusted Rocky's wisdom and he obviously loves the Lord and he loves the gospel so he jumped on that opportunity so I knew that for the school for, co for the coaches uh, it makes no sense to bring some Kazakh dude um, other than the love to, for Christ and the desire to see the name of Christ being known in the nation that they had nothing to do with. They probably have never heard about before. Uh, so, but it went really well. And so coach Harson arranged everything for me to come. And, and so did the Rockies church. So Rockies church took really good care of me. So somebody gave me a car, helped me with housing. So all those logistical things. So I just needed to come and start learning. Absolutely. That is fantastic. Well, and then Rio Hondo Prep's a great landing place for you too, because, you know, it, it's a very Christian based school. It, it's, you know, there you've, you saw that firsthand with the club meetings and things. I mean, it is, 
it is daily, you know, part of the curriculum, part of the program that, uh, you know, there's certain standards that a level of exp expectations and things and how, uh, you know, real Hondo prep is great in training young people to become, uh, young adults and then, and so on to be leaders and everything. So, um, that, that was a really good fit. I got to imagine. And so you didn't know much about coaching. What, I mean, you, you met Mark Carson and then you show up in August. Uh, how were the kids uh, off the bat? Were they receptive to you? Uh, what were your first practices like? Um, you know, I, I actually should have asked the kids. I'm not sure. I can only guess. My guess is that they, I mean, they, they've never met anyone from Kazakhstan, let alone who played American football. But I, mean, they, I probably, I, I would imagine that in the beginning, they didn't think much. They had their lives, they had their studies, their football season to come. So it was okay. They, we have a Kazakh guy. Um, but as, as, we, as they got to know me, I got to know them. I think that slowly God was giving us grace to become friends hmm. um yeah but it took some time but you know we got there so what exactly did you do with the program did you just kind of uh, uh you know stand next to mark and soak everything up or just look at the other coaches as well were you just constantly taking notes and i mean mark said you were basically you were an intern basically as you were learning uh about coaching and being part yeah. of a program so what were some things you kind of learned right away that maybe you didn't uh, expect to learn? So Matt, a good illustration would be that I came with a kindergarten understanding of the level of game. And now maybe I have a middle school. So I have still a lot to learn. But when I first came, I was overwhelmed because it was so complex to us. We don't even have a real playbook back home, let alone running all the schemes and having so many drills. So I was so overwhelmed, even just looking at their playbooks. Oh my goodness, it is so hard. But it was talking with Mark. Mark has really uh, opened the doors of his office for me so that I could come after practices, sit down with him, ask him all those questions. And then also Rocky, you know, Rocky helped me filter through all the information I was getting so that, you know, maybe after about a month, I realized, well, I just, I, I will try to learn as much as I can, but more than drills, you know, more than playbook. I need to understand the logic that goes behind growing and developing a successful football program. And I think there I, you know, I think I succeeded much better is, okay, these are the values, the principles that I need to be building on and then reinforce whatever we do, reinforce those core philosophy uh, instead of just trying to, to only learn the, the, the playbook and, and stuff. So, you know, so, so more of a philosophy and logic of a good program than just drills and playbook. No, and that's a good point. I mean, I mean, we think of rules or laws or whatever, right? Like, okay, this is the rule, this is the law, but what's the reasoning behind it? And it's like, if we don't know that, then what's the point of, of these policies and things? So that, that's a really good point as far as football goes and just kind of diving in to be like, wait, you're doing this drill, but why? Oh, I see what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, your first game, I mean, Real Hundo Prep is a very unique experience, very small student body only 20 something players on the team. Um, I mean, you, you, you landed a spot here with one of the best football programs in the, in the area, I would say uh, I'm biased, I know, but still. So what was kind of, I mean, just the entire program, the first Friday night, first Friday night, I'm sure. And Mark has, Hey, Hey Armand, we do this team dinner on Thursday nights before the game. And you're like, well, you know, I mean, 
just experience. Tell me about that experience. Thursday night team dinner, and then your first Friday night game. Well, the dinner is hard to remember. The first dinner, uh, I, I cannot remember it very well. But the first Friday, I remember very well because we were preparing so hard, and and I watched the game that they were playing uh, Polytech. Uh, was it Pas- pa- what is- Pasadena Poly? Yeah, Pasadena, yeah. Uh, so I watched the game that they had before uh, last semester and it was such a close game and so everybody was prepping for a very very tough game and uh, you know and I was also so pumped was, oh man it's gonna be a hard game but then to all of our surprise our team just had a very convincing uh, victory uh, 40 I think it was 40 something to nothing so uh, that was I, I could not imagine that we it's gonna be such a blowout uh, but then then I understood, well, our team is very good. It's actually really good, despite uh, our size. So you can win with smaller guys, uh, with fewer guys. You can still beat larger teams if you're better coached, if you're better trained, if you uh, know what you're doing better. Uh, so, you know, that was very encouraging. This, well, I have hope in Kazakhstan. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. We, we have very few guys. And... Uh, even less talent, uh, but it's all—it's primarily on such a basic level. It's primarily about how well are you coached and how well you know those basics, and you know it's, it's more and they execute them well rather than having forty guys who are not very sure what they're doing on the field. Yeah, yeah, no, they—they they blew out Polly that night. Yeah, it was fun that they got to start the season with their rivals, you know, when they had played an eight, seven game a few months before, and then they just absolutely dominated Polly. So you got a taste right away of yeah. the, the, uh, the rivalry there. And I'm sure that I know the kids were excited. All, all of us alumni were very excited. And uh, yeah, that, that re, this Rio team is very special. They've put together some, some real big wins. Um, Coach Harmon, who are, who are some players? I'm sure I know you love them all. But who are some guys that really stand out to you? I mean, I, I talk all the time about Jonathan Guerrero. He's this little guy who does amazing things. Um, Ryan McColl is gonna gonna be something uh, very special. Uh, he's very big and talented. I mean, there's too many. I can name the whole team, I'm sure. But I mean, what what are you? What is your your thoughts on uh, just how special these guys are and who kind of jumps jumps out to you? Yeah. Well, the, the, the more I've gotten to know, of course, Ryan stands out because he is the biggest kid. Yeah. The most, the, 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 has the most muscle. So he obvious, and he's right now, he's the only, uh, our only black player. So to me, he stands out a lot. Uh, and he is definitely our most talented player. But as I was getting to know the guys, I could see how special they are in various ways. So JG, uh, um, Jonathan uh, Guerrero, he is a humble guy he uh he's a hard-working guy he could run eight plays in a row and just keep on going keep on he's this workhorse so i love him i respect him a lot and then geo you know geo we became good friends with geo uh geo ortega um and then one of the fret also with many of the freshmen i guess the freshmen were a bit more excited to get to know me <laughs> so i've developed some uh, good friendship friendships with some of the freshmen so um like nate there's a, a freshman and nate curtis he was one of the first guys who really started asking me very deep theological questions like questions like well if god is absolutely sovereign 
how can we be responsible for what we do? If, if only God wills, will happens, uh, how can we be responsible for our actions? And we had a, an amazing discussion on one of the bus rides. Um, wow, and well, then, from a you know, freshman. And then <laughs> Nate organized a Bible study pretty much and had me lead it with the, with the freshman kids. So that was very special. Hmm. So you know, in various ways, we had different various uh, special friendships. Well, a few things that Coach Carson told me about before I started talking to you. He said, all the players loved you. They loved being around you. And um, yeah, he said, one thing you really enjoyed doing was working out with the players in the weight room. So, so tell me about what that's been like. I think this, of all things related to football, I could not teach them much other than just say, well, you got to, I'm a hardworking guy. So I, even if I do not know what, I, what I'm doing, I'll tell them, hit harder. <laughs> <laughs> Don't avoid the hits. That's the game. You're going to hit. But then in the gym, I have a vast experience uh, with the gym, with, with calisthenics, and I also understand somewhat about body structure. So I, um, you know, I don't have a degree, but I, I, I know some of the PT stuff, physical, physical therapy stuff. So I could help guys um, with their stretches. Also, with think a bit more, how, how do you plan your workout routine before the season, but then during the season, how do you recover better? So you know, I was happy to share all, all I know uh, with, with those kids. And, you know, if I could help them get a little bit more educated about their workout routine, I'm, I'm happy with that, about that. Yeah. Cause don't you also do some work as like a physical trainer uh, or, or therapy or something of that nature in Kazakhstan? Well, it's not a work, but it's more of my hobby. So mm. with my team, you know, I fix, I fix their backs. They, if they, you know, something hurts, you know, I'm the one they would ask to try to fi- fix them. So this, I was trying to do the same for, for these kids. Of course, they have a lot less problems. With my, the guys that I play with, they're 25 to 30, so they have a bit more more injuries and stuff. Uh, you know, with with these guys, it's it's uh, they have less injuries. But you know, I, I was happy to serve them in that way, stretch them, uh, see if their back is hurting. What's the reason for that and stuff. Mm, yeah. And, and Rio has a great medical staff too, with, uh, you know, Mr. Fairley and, uh, yeah. Dr. Walsh. I mean, they, they're, they're on top of everything there. Uh, that weight room, you know, it's, it's new. It's something the program hasn't had yeah. before. Amazing. The kids are taking advantage of it though, right? They're in their pump. I mean, they all look, man, they look big and bad in there on the field. Yes. And I would, I would, you know, I love, I love a good challenge. So if uh, if we're in the in the weight rooms, okay, let's see. Can you beat the old man uh, in in uh, in whatever you want to do? Pull ups, you want to do push ups, you want to bench, you want to squat. Uh, what do you want to do? And then I forget who the coach was, but one of the coaches said that the all time record for curling uh, in the Olympic bar was hundred something reps. So I thought, I wonder how many can I do. So I started slow. I kind of went. I didn't want anybody to see me. Just wanted to see can I beat that record. But then somebody spotted it and somebody started counting. It's like, oh man, now I have to beat the record. I cannot stop. <laughs> so I did end up beating that record, but man, my biceps were killing me for several days. Ah, it was a stupid decision, but oh well. That's fantastic. I, I love it. Yeah, who could top the old man? That's great. I know guys, they've put in some great work and uh, it, it's such a great addition to the program. It's nice to have someone in there pushing them too. Um, you know, uh, Mark also told me that you kind of started something where you do kind of a pre-practiced uh, devotions on, on Tuesdays. Tell me, tell me about uh, uh, that. Well, Coach Carson uh, graciously allowed me to lead uh, one of their devotionals on Tuesdays. So I, I just uh, used that opportunity to one, 
every single time to point to Christ through whatever it would be gospels or passage from the epistles or the Old Testament. You know, I would explain the meaning of that passage, but I would always try to point them to Jesus. And you know, eventually, oh, guys, I'm here for a very short time. So every time I would like for you to see the gospel from a different side. So see the ugliness of sin. See the stupidity of sin. That it, it gives you nothing. Uh, only death. And then see the beauty of Christ from different angles. But he is there. He is your savior. He is the Lord you want to serve. Um, so why would you not rebel against him? And if you're in Christ, let's strive to follow him with a fuller love. So that was my goal during those devotionals. And if I, I was trying to help the kids also say, well, this is how you study the scripture on your own. These are the kind of questions you ask as you study the text. Well, this is how you understand the meaning of the text. Uh, so those are some of the goals. And I'm very honored to have had the opportunity to uh, lead the time of the word for our team. Don't you think, Armand, that football and faith, they're kind of, I, I, I've always felt that they ha- they, they're tied into each other. I think you can bring more people to Christ to kind of uh, kind of paint a picture using football more than almost anything else. Don't you, what, what are your thoughts on kind of tying those in together, you know, ministry, the gospel and, and football at the same time. It's crazy. Cause it's this, it's this violent, fast paced, crazy, uh, mass organized, you know, organized chaos type of game. But I think you can learn a lot of life lessons and also spiritual lessons from the great game of football. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's the best or it's much better than other platforms for evangelism, for uh, discipling uh, guys. But some of the unique things that I've discovered in football is, is that, well, one, in Kazakhstan, the community is so tight. Nobody plays football. So if there's 100 guys who play football, we kind of know each other. So we are this one group. And so this gives a more trust, level of trust uh, for, for guys to ask some of the deeper life questions but then in, in this even in, in america what, what i've noticed is that because this game does require i think even more so than other sports require team effort that it does gel the body of players um together better maybe than some of other sports and so which this spirit of camaraderie uh, of unity i mean that's something very precious and something that you as a follower of christ you should uh, be using this for the glory of Christ to sowing uh, the truths uh, there. So if you have a good coach, a godly coach, oh man, that coach has an amazing opportunity to influence the young men's lives. So like Coach Carson and other coaches, it's such a privilege to be able to uh, uh, to lead by example and then and with their words point them to Christ and help them uh, in their faith. And for many of the players, that's that's where they hear the gospel many of them are not from christian homes or maybe their families don't go to church uh so this is where they can be introduced to uh the lord uh, to the lord, the lord christ mm. yes sir uh tell me about some of the, your fellow coaches uh i know there's a lot of uh, coaches on the staff you know ed drain dave drain jt parker uh you know aj corsini is quite a wild man i mean what what can you <laughs> He's crazy, right? Is he a lunatic? Always yelling. Talk to me about some of these guys. What are, what are your thoughts on the guys you, you got to coach with? Uh, well, I've gotten to know AJ and Dave uh, a little bit better than other coaches um, just because we've got to spend more time with them. You know, they, they all have personality. They're all gifted. They all love the kids. 
and they have different personalities. It's a very, very group, uh, good group of coaches. And I know that many of them, they, they are volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, they volunteer to influence the, the, this team for the glory of Christ. And so I remember after our last uh, game when we beat, um, I forget the name of the team, but we, we beat somebody um, last Friday. Brentwood. And as we were walking and shaking hands, Brentwood, I remember one of the, one of the players there, and he was like in, the, in a very demeaning voice. He said, huh, they've got so many coaches. And he, they started laughing. But I thought, well, they, they just don't understand that the coaches here, they are not here for the money. They love Christ and they love these player, players. They love the school. So they want to use some of their time to uh, make, make this team better. And that's why there's this whole, whole group of guys who come on Wednesday nights to help, uh, help as a scout team. Some guys come for the games and help with the stats or whatnot. Um, no, it's a, it just shows that there is a lot of love from the alumni who stay to um, help in whichever ways they can. Yes, yes, absolutely. Do you ever do you ever yell like AJ does? I mean, he's he's quite loud. Do you ever kind of get out there and start yelling with him? Yeah, yeah come on, guys, let's go. Because AJ, he was bright uh, red man. Yeah, maybe for the fun of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to be. You got to be an AJ to yell like AJ. Yeah. <laughs> you Christians, English, English is my second language, so for. For a while, I couldn't understand what exactly he was yelling out there. Nobody so can. I had, to, uh, I had to, <laughs> to have a translator to see what, <laughs> what exactly is he yelling out there. <laughs> you know, if you just started screaming out to the kids uh, in, in Russian or, or maybe all the different languages uh, that you have, that you use, if you just started yelling out in those languages, I bet you it would like maybe even scare the other team be like, whoa, whoa, this is crazy. What, what's going on over here? And he probably still uh, make more sense than AJ does. I should have. I should have. <laughs> this is a good idea. <laughs> uh, uh, Coach Arman, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, Rio played in a very big game. They played Campbell Hall at home. And unfortunately, it did not go their way that night. Uh, they lost the game. I've talked to Coach Carson, and, you know, he said um, – in the locker room, behind the scenes, you know, it was very, very emotional. And, and I tried to express to him and the team that even though they lost guys like me, the alumni, we're very, very proud of those guys. And I know they're upset. They're disappointed. So are we, but um, less, there are lessons in defeat as well. And uh, take me through me, that night. I'm sure you remember, did you get a chance to talk to the team or what was, I mean, a very emotional loss that friday night yeah we'll see when we when we won the first game i was so excited i think i probably joined in the dancing with the, with the guys a little bit <laughs> but then i realized well it seems like we and we didn't start having those easy victories so i you know I'm, I'm i'm older than them so for me it's like okay this is kind of as a granted you win just move on just keep preparing but then that night when we when we lost that was the first time I asked Coach Carson, oh, can I share with the kids uh, uh, a, a little bit? And he said, yes, yeah, sure. So we, get, we had the team come together. And my main exhortation to them was, well, so one is that I'm so proud of them. I could see that some of them got injured and they kept fighting uh, for, the, for, for, for their teammates, the sense of camaraderie and love. Nobody was accusing anybody of anything. Um, 
but then my, my final exhortation was that you know, the defeat is part of life and we cannot build our identity around football or winning or success because none of it can carry the weight of our hopes only jesus can because he's the only one who will never fail us so right now if and this was my exhortation to the guys to the players right now check your heart if you are trusting in your ability if you are building building your identity around your success right now is the time to repent and look at christ he loves you if you are in in christ god loves you the way uh before you you lost but if if you are not in christ then there is no hope for you you will always be disappointed and then eventually you'll have to face this holy god and uh, this is the first time i cried in a very long time i felt very sad but also it was a very special moment to to share my love for the guys and, and, and ultimately to point them to christ again uh so well i can guarantee you this um i guarantee all those players are going to remember all of their uh, their moments from the football field. I still do. Uh, you know, we all do looking back, but I think what you've given to those kids, they will carry with them forever. Hey, we had this, we had this coach Armand, um, you know, my senior year, my junior, whatever it was. And uh, it was a special time. What a great guy he was, what a blessing he was to us. So um, I guess I, sh- I should just say thank you for what you've given to the boys because uh, they have some great leaders on that team, great coaches, um, but I guarantee you have been maybe even more impactful to their lives than uh, some of the other coaches. And that's no disrespect to those guys. Cause I know they do, they do the same, but uh, again, I've heard tremendous things about you coach Armand. So uh, thank you for, for your just constant passion. That, that sounds great. Thank you. Thank you brother for the encouragement and praise <laughs> be to God. Amen, sir. So Armand, you had to leave the team after the game against Brentwood. You got that that ice bath. I'm sure that was pretty cold on a Friday night. Did, did you see it coming? And did they? No. Uh, <laughs> they absolutely tricked me. Oh my goodness! I had no idea it was coming. Did you know that was kind of like an American football tradition? Yeah. So from the TV, from the TV, I knew. Uh, but when we won, we had this group picture, and then they said speech, speech, speech. Like, Okay, I was like, I was not thinking about this, but I could see that something was a little bit fishy in their eyes because they were a little bit, a little bit too excited to hear from me. So, well, but then all of a sudden it got really cold and wet. <laughs> and then they all jumped on you and hugged you, right? Yes, they hugged me. <laughs> uh, it was, it was awesome. Oh, those kids are so special. Oh, yeah. absolutely. If you had, um, you had to um, you go back. I think uh, Mark was telling me back East coast. And then eventually you're going to end up in, in Kazakhstan. So tell me uh, here we are in late, uh, late October here. What um, you had to leave the team to eventually get, get home to, uh, to Kazakhstan. What is uh, your current situation and kind of what you're going to end up uh, going back home to? Yeah. So in, in some ways I had to put my life on pause in Kazakhstan, my ministry at my church, with my, I still, I was still uh, doing the work for my publishing company, uh, but my team really misses me, and my church especially uh, really misses me. So, and I, I, I miss them a lot as well. So, I'll just, I'll go back, continue with my life, with my ministry. But now, uh, you know, the, the friendships you have developed, they, I know that they will continue for the rest of my life. And Lord willing, 
we will try to have uh, Coach Carson, some other coaches, some other maybe even players come next year if the situation with COVID allows so that they can come and run a camp for my team now in wow. Almaty in Kazakhstan. They get to witness my ministry and the ministry of my church and so that they can be more informed when they pray, but also they'll have a ton of opportunities to share the gospel with my team. Of course, I'll be translating for them, but then my team can hear the same gospel from some other people who love them enough to cross the ocean and come and run a camp. Um, and Rio Hondo blessed us with uh, their old jerseys. So we'll have a big, right now our jerseys are super ugly. So we're gonna have a, a big upgrade in our jerseys. And so, and my team knows that, that they, all of these people, they help us because then they love Christ and they want them to know Christ. So my team, although most of them are nominally Muslims, they all respect Christians a lot. Uh, and that's God's grace. So there's the, the opportunities are very, the doors are wide open to witness and to explain the, uh, the truth about Christ uh, to, 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 to this group of uh, young men. So I'm very excited. I, this, I'm, I keep on praying now that God brings Coach Carson and some other men to Kazakhstan next year. So did I hear that correctly? There's going to be real Hondo prep uniforms that are going to be used in Kazakhstan for football games. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Some of our some of our linemen are very big boys, so I hope that they will be able to fit in those uh, ex, extra large you know, <laughs> uh, uniforms. They usually wear the triple X, uh, but I hope that they will fit in them. If they do, you know, we will wear those uniforms. That is outstanding. That's one of the best things I've ever ever heard. What other school <laughs> is going to have their uniforms on display? in another country, let alone Kazakhstan. I love it. And then people will be like, hey, what right. is, what's that logo? That's Rihondo Prep in Arcadia, California. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's outstanding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Hey, hey had, had you ever been to California uh, before, uh, Armand? You yeah, have. I've been on multiple occasions, but never so long. So never for a couple of months. Uh, you know, just uh, what, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on California? How different is California than Kazakhstan? Oh, it's <laughs> super different. I mean, always culture, climate, I mean, everything is very different. Mm -hmm. It's 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 hot, so I'm I'm a lot better used to cold weather than hot weather. So that, that was I'm not a big fan of very hot weather. It okay. was pretty hot in California. No rain. That was very different as well. We have a ton of rain in this time of year. Uh, um, and California has been changing. So I've been, first time I came to California was 2012. Uh, so I remember it, it's, it's different than I, it used to be. You know, some things, I don't think the good things are happening there, but all is in God's wise hands. So for some way or another, he's going to use it to glorify his name. Um, but definitely the Christians in California have a lot of work to do spreading the gospel because th these men, these people in California, so many of them are going to hell right now. And there are not, not so many Christians in, the, in, in that state. So you, brother, have a lot of work to do uh, witnessing uh, for the glory of Christ. It's, it's getting harder and harder here in this state, I think. Um, it, it would be hard. I mean, is it easy? I, I don't know how to phrase this. Is it for your work and spreading the gospel and preaching? And I mean, is it is it harder 
or easier in say California versus Kazakhstan? What, what, what is, where do you think more people are, are open to listening? Yeah. Of course it, de- it de- de- depends on the, on the particular person. Overall, I find it, I find it easier to have a more meaningful conversation with somebody who is already thinking about something spiritual. So if he is a Muslim, at very least he's thinking about his eternal destiny even though he's wrong uh he's building a false hope hope but whereas in california these days there are so many secular people who have who just in general they're so indifferent and trying to minister minister to an indifferent person i think it's one of the hardest things to do because he already doesn't care um and uh, and the culture is so individualistic in california compared to kazakhstan so many uh, it's not non-christian people um secular people they want to live in their own little bubble and so th- it makes it harder to to serve them so you have to cherish those moments if you do have people your colleagues so if you're in the marketplace you have non-christian colleagues not christian families those are your best opportunities to share the truth with them uh it's it's harder to just go and start talking to somebody who doesn't care about, about what you have to say that is Really, really interesting. Um, uh, Armand, before we let you go, uh, tell me about your, your, sum up your experience for me with Real Hondo Prep. Um, it wasn't just the games, the practices. There's, there's a bunch of little things that happen as well. I already mentioned, you know, the team dinners, that's a chance for the team to get together and talk about the game and each other um, and, and to just a little fellowship. Uh, the singing of the alma mater after the game, that's something that's very, very special in in victory or defeat um there's all kinds of things like that that i think make the real hondo prep program very different but what was your overall experience with it all what are some of the things you'll remember and take with you to kazakhstan well i, I remember I remember a ton of a ton of things but things that i am kind of the vision that i'm bringing back home the vision of the, is that my goal with uh, my ministry in kazakhstan is to help guys like the game to like football you shouldn't hate football but a bigger goal is to help them love the man they're playing with Hmm. the coaches the players love the team like the game but love the team and i think then wonderful things will start happening uh, as far as the program developing but also the doors being wider to serve them uh, with the spiritual truth not only uh help them get better players, become better players. And this is what I've seen. I've seen so well that, you know, at Rio Hondo, you can see that they they, they probably love the game, but they really love, you know, they love the people. And alumni love those people. They love the the players and the coaches. And that's why it's such a unique program. You can can get somebody's book play, uh, I mean, playbook and somebody's uh, uh, drills and stuff, but you cannot make somebody love somebody. This has to be this is a certain culture, it's a culture of mutual support, mutual love, mutual encouragement, and it takes a ton of work uh, to do it, to develop it. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, very well said. And um, you know what? I think the Real Hondo Prep Program has been blessed uh, to have you as a part of the staff, the kids, the coaches, uh, fans, everybody to know that, hey, there's a, uh, 
there's a there's a pastor from Kazakhstan on the football on the football team on the staff. I mean, I, I don't think anyone would uh, think of that negatively. It's pretty awesome to hear, and it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you uh, about your experience at Real Hondo Prep, and of course, wishing you nothing but the best. Uh, in, in everything moving forward, uh, whether it's as a pastor, uh, Christian publisher, we'll look for some of those uh, those books out there. And of course, football, playing football, man, in Kazakhstan. That's using football to bring people to God. I think it's one of the noblest uh, causes out there. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Coach Armand. We'll be in touch, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, go Rio here, right, as they uh, got a season to play. That's right. That's right. Go, go and become champions. Amen, sir. Well, good luck to you, and we will talk to you soon. This has been a, pl- a pleasure, you. sir. Thank you so much for spending the time with me. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's not too often I find myself speechless after an interview, but um, that was one of my most favorite I've ever done. And I've said that a few times, right, about many interviews I've done here on the podcast. But that one really was special. It tugged at my heartstrings a little bit. And uh, to have someone like Coach Armand, a part of the Real Hondo Prep football uh, staff, part of the team, uh, I think for those of you who are skeptical or like, what is this Real Hondo Prep football? I mean, what is all this? Um, Hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight as to why the program is special, why it's different, and uh, why you see uh, continued excellence, um, consistent relevance, all those things. So uh, Armand, that was an absolute blessing to hear um, his words of wisdom, to hear about his experiences in Kazakhstan, to hear that there will be real Hondo Prep jerseys on display in the country of Kazakhstan, playing tackle football. I mean, um, I was just blown away by all that. And I had heard a lot of great things about Armand and him being an intern on the staff, but having an opportunity to talk to him has been something um, that I will honestly cherish forever. So coach Armand, thank you. God bless you for all that you have done and will do um, in the ministry and as a, uh, as a pastor and just uh, whatever you, uh, wherever God leads you, sir, um, continued success. He is, you are a soldier of Christ and somebody that uh, I think we can all look to. So to the real Honda prep players, if you guys watch this, um, I hope you cherish his words um, and carry them with you into your lives. Cause this was just a tremendous honor. And, and I'm, uh, I'm on cloud nine right now, personally, that was uh, something I think I needed to hear. And um, I hope you guys feel the same way. So thank you from the bottom of my heart, coach Armand, an absolute pleasure to have you on the get home safe podcast. As I mentioned in the intro guys, I'm not sure when this episode will air, but uh, it may be a Friday. It might be a Wednesday, a special edition. Either way, it was a special edition. And thank you for tuning into our episodes here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Currently, we go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but that might change. We might switch that to just Tuesday, Friday here as we get into the Christmas season because I end up getting extra busy with my work. And uh, I do, I do want to continue to have the Friday editions, uh, the Friday interviews, long-form conversations with people, even if it's been someone who's been on here before. I just like talking with someone and catching up and learning a little bit about their life. So that we're going to continue to have that regardless of what we do during the week. Um, so uh, we appreciate all the support and you know where to find us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram, get home safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is get home safe pod. Our email address. If you want to send us an email, 
We would love to hear from you. Get home safe podcast at yahoo.com. And at the bottom of the episode notes, you should see after the description, there's a link there for voicemails. Send, uh, you can click on that. It's real easy. It's a one minute limit to have your voice heard here on the podcast. Leave us a voice message and I can play that here for the audience. Uh, either way, a lot of ways to listen and to watch us. Uh, we're on YouTube. Look for the uh, Get Home Safe podcast um, uh, YouTube page. Subscribe, follow, like us, all those good things. And wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we appreciate all the support. So that's it for me. I consider myself extremely blessed today. Uh, we'll be back with more episodes here in the near future, more fun, long-form conversations uh, with a guest every week. But uh, man, today was today really was special. I can't say it enough. Guys, have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. And as always, guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.